Anybody remember what I preached on? Whoa. <laughs> huh? Faith, right. Well, I'm going to talk about faith again once tonight. Let's pray before we get started there. Lord, thank you for the honor and privilege of being in your house. Thank you, Lord God, that we can come together tonight to rightly divide the word of truth. I thank you right now for your anointing that's in this place, that I may deliver the message that you've given unto me, and that your people may receive the words of life that you have for them tonight. Thank you, Lord God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. My voice is kind of crackling a bit for some reason, so forgive me if I kind of crackle before you there. Tonight I want to speak to you on what will Jesus find when he returns. You know, Jesus is coming again. We don't know when, but we know that he's coming back. He's going to receive us unto himself, that where he is, that we can be also. And as a Christian, you and I ought to be thrilled that one of these days we're going to see him in the clouds if he doesn't, if we don't lead his life through death or uh, we will see him in the clouds. And I believe we should see him in the clouds. I believe we're that close right now. He's going to come back. John 4, 14, 3 says, he told his disciples, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, that you may be there also. Jesus is coming again. He's coming for his church. He's coming for his bride. We are the bride of Christ. But it's a sad thing that many who consider themselves Christians will not be ready. They will not see him when he returns. Knowing this, what will Jesus be looking for when he returns? What will Jesus find? Luke 18, 8 says, I'll tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? He's going to be looking for faith on the earth. Do we have faith in the Word of God? Are we living by faith? Are we allowing faith to arise and grow in our lives? When Jesus returns, will He find a people who is truly and fully believing the Word of God? Will He find a people who lives according to His Word? A people, now I'm talking about Christians who call themselves Christians. I want you to understand that. A people who trust in the Word of God. A people who that will not be shaken by the cares of life. A people who will be steadfast, unwavering, and determined. Where you find a people who will be committed, loyal, and trustworthy. Will he find a people who will be faithful, dependable, and dedicated unto him? 
Will he find a people with a purpose who will persevere? Will he find a people who's persistent, they keep at it, and never give up attitude? Tonight, do you believe it's Paul? For I know whom I believe in, and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Can we do that as Paul did, as he says? Are you totally persuaded that he is able to keep what you have committed to him? What have you committed unto Jesus? You believe he's able to keep that. James 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith without, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So many times we are tossed to and fro. We're not steadfast in what God has told us. We, we have the Word of God, but we allow the enemy to, to distract us and keep us going in different directions, and we're tossed back and forth. Double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So I guess the question is, when Jesus returns, how will he find you? How will he find the Ark Fellowship? Will he find faith when he returns? Revelation chapter 22 says, verse 12, And behold, I am, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. Jesus says, I am coming quickly. Now, we don't know if we'll make it out of this place tonight. He may come. The stage is already set. Maybe tomorrow. I can say definitely it won't be, what is it, December the 21st or whatever it is. Because no man knows. He also said that my reward is with me. The reward will be given to them in whom he finds faith. How? It says it's according to our works. The word also says faith without works is dead. One person, what does Paul talk about? One, or was it James? I think it was James says, you know, talks about works. You know, I, I'll show you my faith by my works. Hebrews 11.6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You cannot please God without faith. We say we're a people of faith. But how, how's your faith? You know, sometimes our faith is really strong and everything's going real well. But how's your faith when things get a little rocky? When there's problems and there's trials and things that's taking place, how's your faith? 
a lot of times we have a tendency to start complaining and God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, you know, and we whine and instead of say, God, this is what your word says. Instead of coming to God and believing what the Word says, all they can see is their problems. They take their eyes off of God and dwell on the problems, much like Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and saw the wind and the waves. They got distracted. He got distracted. Not all the rewards are given when we get to heaven. Many of the rewards are given to those who diligently seek Him, those who live for Him, those who have faith in the Word and act upon it. He wants to reward you. He rewards faith. He rewards you when you believe Him, when you trust Him. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, 7, 5 and 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. It's not the things that you see. You got to, it's, it's what you walk, what you speak out from the Word of God. You know, you got to trust in the Word. It's not what you see your circumstances are and say, that's what my, what my uh, outcome is going to be. It's what the Word says. So we walk by faith and not by sight. There'll be times when we'll be faced with circumstances that in our own selves are very hard and very difficult. We must learn to take our eyes off the circumstances and look into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We must learn to close our physical eyes and open up our spiritual eyes into what the Word says. As long as we're worrying about our circumstances, we're walking by sight. James 1.5 He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, that's heavy. That's heavy. You can pray all you want. But if you got doubt in your spirit, if, if the faith is not there, now sometimes you, you're going to have to go back to that Word and say, God, this is what your Word says. But if you let it toss you back and forth like the Winds and the waves of the sea. Don't expect to receive. But then we blame God because we didn't receive. Tonight, if you lack anything, not only wisdom, but if you need healing, if you need favor, you need a miracle in your finances, You need a miracle in your relationship. You need to ask of God. And you got to believe and not doubt. 
Because if you doubt, you won't receive it. You've got to believe in it. You've got to trust it. God will give you everything that you have need of, and He will not hold back anything. If you have faith, if you believe in it, you trust it. You must ask in faith and not doubt. If you doubt, you'll experience a storm in your mind. Boy, I tell you what, it's torment when things just, everything's going wrong, and it's, God, what am I going to do? And this is happening, and it just wants to have a, like a storm going into in your mind. I believe in God. Oh, what if God will not do it? You've heard this saying, you're a wishy-washy Christian. If this is you, verse 7 says, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He wants to reward you for your faith. He wants you to step out in faith. He wants you to believe him. He wants you to trust him. He wants to manifest himself unto you. But you've got to trust him. Don't lean to your own understanding. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. You've got to trust Him. You've got to believe Him. Don't allow doubt. When doubt rises in your spirit, you've got to come against it immediately. Say, no, I will not have this. The Word of God says I am healed. The Word of God says He will supply my need according to His riches and glory. He wants to meet your need, but you've got to believe Him. You've got to trust Him. Will He find a church without spot or wrinkle? Ephesians 5, starting with verse 27, says, I mean verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her, that he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's you and I. I have to say, I don't believe the church is without spot or wrinkle or blemish. We have not gotten there. Our attitude, our actions, our words, our obedience to the Word, our way of behaving, our way of thinking, our approach and our mindset towards God, and towards our fellow believers who are our brothers and our sisters in Christ will determine if we are a part of that church that is without spot or wrinkle. A church that is holy and without blemish. Some of us Christians, we need to change our attitude.
We need to love one another. And if you have all against your brother, that's not love. That's spots and wrinkles and blemishes. You have all against your any family member. It's time to lay it down. Life is too short to have strife. It's time to get yourself cleaned up and ask God to forgive you and get out those things that's in our lives. We serve a God of compassion, a God who forgives. But when He returns for His church, He will come for the church who is ready, sanctified, a church that has been cleansed with the washing of water by the Word. Water spots, water wrinkles, and blemishes. Without spots, without blemishes, that's avoiding those things that cause our garment to be stained, to be soiled, to be defiled. 1 Peter 1, from verse 14, tells us, As obedient children, not conforming yourself to former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. He is our example. How are we measuring up today to the example that He has given us? We are to be holy as He is holy. Holiness is not an option. If we want to be part of the church, the bride of Christ, we must have our lives holy and acceptable unto God. We must learn to turn away from those former lusts and those former desires. 1 John 2.16 tells us, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The lust of the flesh, that's desiring those things that are carnal, things that are unholy. We have Christians today that or doing things that are carnal and they're unholy. They're allowing these things into their heart and their lives. The lust of the eyes, instead of seeking the kingdom of God first, we're lusting after the things of the world. The pride of life. You're looking at your accomplishments, your abilities for success, giving praise to yourself, not God. And Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you have pride, you will fall. It will happen. Spots and blemishes is pride and arrogance, envy and jealousness, Always placing blame on others and not yourself. 
a critical spirit, griping, complaining about everything, having a negative spirit, always looking at the negative side of life instead of the positive side of life and what God has for you. I know I'm going to get sick. I know I'm going to have heart problems because my, my dad had it, whatever the case may be. Listening and accepting words from those who have a critical spirit and you becoming like them. Choose who you hang out with. If you're around a person that has a critical spirit, before you know it, you're going to be just like them. You'll see everything in a negative way. We're still talking about what will Jesus find when he returns. Having a know-it-all or non-teachable spirit. See no wrong with speaking little white lies as long as it does not hurt anyone. A lie is a lie. Proverbs 6, verse 16. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. A proud look, pride, once again. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. Anger. Anger at your brother. Getting angry at this, getting angry at that. Matthew 5, 21 through 22 says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause, shall be in danger of the judgment. God can help you control that anger. It's very critical. A heart that devises wicked plans, that's being dishonest and lack of integrity when dealing with people to gain success. You can cheat on your taxes. You have false scales. How are you in your integrity in every area of your life? Born again believer. Until an evil opportunity presents itself, and you participate in things that Jesus would find offensive, watching things. A false witness is a life of lies, a spirit of lying, knowing all the right words, but living contrary to God's word. Living a life of falsehood. Again, a little white lies is still lying. 
John 8, 44. It says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him when he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Discord among the brethren. Sowing discord among the brethren. This is the one that he says is an abomination. This is what he hates the most of everything. Sowing seeds of strife, causing division and anger among the people of God. Sowing seeds of hatred, not love. A complaining spirit. In the scripture we read earlier, wrinkles, talking about wrinkles, just being unkept. You're saved, you're washed, but never growing in the knowledge of God. Always with a baby Christian mentality. Never allowing the heat of the Word of God to iron out the wrinkles. It's knowing some of the right words to say, but never applying the Word of God to your life. Immaturity. God sees your wrinkles. The church sees your wrinkles. And the world sees your wrinkles. When your garments are wrinkled, you will never accomplish anything for the kingdom of God. It is like lukewarmness. And Jesus said that he will spew you out of his mouth. He'd rather have you hot or cold than being lukewarm. It's time for us to grow up in the things of God. Hebrews 12. Verse 1 says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We need to lay aside those sins that so easily ensnares us. The same thing that keeps coming up over and over and over again. You say, you think you got victory over it, then something happens, you go right back to it, and it happens again. Then you try to get up again, and you fall back into it once again. Then there are sins that sometimes we never repent of. Hebrews 1.1 says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The race is almost over. Jesus is coming. He will present to Himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. 
we must be prepared for His coming. He's coming soon. Look around. All the prophecies that are fulfilled. I don't know anything that is still lacking. He could come any time. I want to ask you again, when He comes, will He find faith in the earth? What will he see in you? Will he see a person of faith? Or will he see a person that's full of spots and wrinkles and blemishes? None of us are perfect. I will be the first to say that. But we serve the one that is perfect. But God expects each one of us to strive, to do all that we can, to make every effort, to do our best, to be perfect as He is perfect, to be holy as He is holy. Philippians chapter 3, this is my last scripture, verse 12 says, not that I have already attained, but I'm already. Let me start that over. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold on me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, that needs to be our prayer. That needs to be the thing that we work toward. More than anything else, I want to hear, well good, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I would hate to get up and find out that I had known the truth but I didn't live the way I should have lived as a Christian. God is judge and He will judge us in righteousness. What will He find when He returns? That's what we have to ask ourselves. What will He find in me? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, tonight I have given to your people as you gave it unto me. I understand, Lord God, that it's a heavy message. But Lord, time is short. And Lord, what we do, we must do with all our heart, with all our might. Lord, there's a lot of lost people out there. And Lord, we need to be witnesses wherever we go. Lord, I pray that tonight that the lie of the word would 
would shine upon our hearts. And speak those things to our hearts that need to be spoken, Lord. Lord, each and every one of us are different. But Lord, you can take the same word and speak it so many different ways. And that's what I ask for you to do tonight, Lord. Lord, I praise you and I glorify your name. I pray that your blessings would be upon your people tonight. And Lord, that when we leave this place, Lord, that your your peace will just uh, rest upon us and rest upon our homes. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor, did you have anything? Again, good to see everybody. I just want to say one thing. Um, well, a couple of things. Maybe three, no. <laughs> but uh, next uh, Wednesday, Roy is going to be speaking to us. So please look forward to that. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good word. But I want to challenge every one of us. There is only one duty, primary duty. Sometimes when we're talking about living a holy life before God, we're thinking about the do's and don'ts. I, I guarantee you, if you spend your time trying to change other people's lives, God will change your life. What you sow is what you reap. What I'm talking about is evangelism. You need to talk to others about Christ. You have the power inside of you. Just a few words. You might not reap immediately, but, but don't get discouraged. They are going to be reaped. So you just sowed. Somebody is going to reap. Don't ever forget that. Yes, we must strive to live a life for God. That's very important. You're if you have no weakness, you have no power. Once you destroy your weakness, there's no power. No one is going to listen to you. So living the life is good. But you live the life so that you can bring others to him. What's the purpose? You already saved. You want to be an example to the world so that more people can come to the Lord. You need to... Pray to God. And this is really a holy thing. If you can ask God, please let me have somebody that I bring to you before this year runs out. The best prayer you prayed all year. If you can do that, truly focus on that. I've been telling our staff, everybody, let's focus on evangelism. Let's bring people to the Lord Jesus. No matter how much you know, it's not good. If it doesn't change somebody else's life. So we really need to focus on that. When they were This coming month, our church, we're planning on going out. I really, I'm, I'm happier it is with me when I go out to witness. I enjoy it better than preaching from church. Believe me, I really enjoy it. Last Saturday was real fun for me. It's just something that is precious. Even though I don't see any results immediately. But I've learned to know that the results are there. When I left Nigeria for the United States, I thought I just wasted my time. And then I went back, and I had all these people telling me, oh, you brought me to the Lord. And I said, when? (laughs) I can't even remember me talking to you. 
But God's word is, is the seed of the word is incorruptible. So we really need to witness here, bring people to church, bring invite them. Eighty percent of people said they will come to church if somebody will only invite them. How difficult can that be? So I really, as we separate our lives to our Lord, living the life that is acceptable to him, staying away from things that are questionable, we do all of that so that we can be a vessel that the master wants to use for his glory. Not when we get up there here. So we don't feel condemned while we're sharing with people. I really want this year to be a year of fruitfulness, and that's my prayer. We're seeing a lot of um, blessings that God is putting in our lives financially and all of that. But there is no greater blessing, no greater fruitfulness than bringing somebody to the Lord Jesus. That's number one. So in your prayer time, pray to God, please help me. I need somebody that I can bring to you. Cry out to him and believe me, he will answer. That's the best prayer you'll ever pray in this life. And if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the Bible says God will add everything else you're looking for. Finances, they'll come. You know, I, I just don't have the time to worry about the Ark Fellowship finances. If we are doing what I'm talking to you about now, I'm telling you, <laughs> we'll never worry about anything. We need a million dollars here coming to do that if we are winning souls for God. But if we forget that, we're just a social club. Newborn, we need that in the house of God. We really need that. We need to bring people to the Lord. I encourage you. God, let me show you something how the Holy Spirit works. And I do know this because when I'm around my friends in college or at work, all of a sudden we're talking about something different and something sometimes I'm th- I think I'm thinking, why don't you talk to him about the Lord? But guess who is speaking to you to do that? Him. Be wise. <laughs> He's him talking to you. You think you're just thinking, but God is saying, why don't you talk to him? And all of a sudden, this fear comes over you. What will he think? Guess who just spoke to you? The devil. <laughs> he doesn't want you to speak. But if you step out, the result is going to be there. So that's what I, one thing I want to share with you tonight. Please let us be sharing with people uh, about Jesus Christ of Nazareth and what he's done for us. His death can never be in vain. Make that a commitment to yourself. My master can never die in vain. If you don't speak the word, the blood has no chance, no room to walk in a person's life. You are the conduit through which the blood flows to this individual. You are the light of the world. There will be in darkness until you speak. You are the salt. The life will be tasteless. Until you add some salt. Amen. Stand up with me. Pastor Amy did a great work tonight. A word of faith. Let's lift our hands before God tonight. I really, this is the cry of my heart. This is really the cry of my heart. And I'm praying for God to bring them. And I'm praying for ministers to rise up in the Ark Fellowship.
and praying. I want to see you rise up. I want to see you do things that's more than what ministers are doing. Here or anywhere else. Why not you? I want to see that. My joy will be filled if I see you, if I see God using you in great measure. Because I know His Spirit is at work. This is what this is all about. Every other thing, I don't want social club. This is not a game. This is life. This is real living. And we need to take it seriously. He is depending on us. He is not here anymore. He has no physical hands to reach them. He is depending on me to lay my hands on them. That's why I know they will be sick. I mean be healed. They will be healed because I laid my hands. I represented him. He couldn't physically, but I'm doing it for him. And he needs them through me. And he wants to do that through you. Amen. Let's lift our hands to him. Make a commitment. Tell him, God, I want to enter into a covenant with you. I need you to help me. I'm the weaker one in the covenant. And you are the stronger one. But strengthen me. And God said, I will. Strengthen me. I want to reach out to somebody. I want, before the end of this year, I want to bring somebody to Christ. Somebody in church. Maybe here or somewhere else. But they know you. And they are saying to, this, to their friends, because of that man, now I am in the faith. Now I know Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You didn't know him before. Somebody helped you. Now it's your turn to help somebody so that they can begin to say, yes, they helped me. Now I know Jesus, and I want to share Jesus with the world. Jesus, thank you. Such a great privilege. You delivered us from the world. You opened our eyes so we can see while others are out doing other things tonight. We know to come into your presence because we count this to be the best thing in life. But they don't know it. They don't know it. They have no understanding. And yet you died for them. Use us, O God. Use us, O God. Take the wrinkles out of our lives. Take this part out of our lives. Energize our lives, oh God, so that we can reach out to the world. You can do it through us. We know that. We just ask that you help us to be willing. Say with me, Lord, I am willing. Strengthen me tonight. Baptize me with your desire to see the lost saved. Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.